Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on the Topic of Page podcast. My name is John Mayo. In this episode, I'm joined by guests for a lively conversation on a topic we hope you'll find interesting. In this roundtable discussion, I am joined by my sister Kay, and we have just finished watching season two of The Twelve Monkeys, or just Twelve Monkeys, there's Twelve no the. Monkey. So confusing. Some shows have the the articles, some don't. If you get me started, I'll tell you about the character on TV show who refers to the Facebook and the Instagram and everything on we'll computers on is the. And get started with the episode. Um, so... This is going to be a spoiler-filled discussion of the first season of 12 Monkeys, the second season of 12 Monkeys. We might touch on the uh, the movie, although I doubt it because I didn't really like it. Again, we're going to focus on the second season that we just finished. And this is a show that, unlike other shows that have had time travel in the past, Quantum Leap, Time Tracks, The Time Tunnel, uh, Voyager, um, where they would kind of use time travel... To get to a spot, have an adventure, and then leave. Even Doctor Who really falls into that category for the most part. This is all about time travel. The paradox is time coming unraveled. And how they the, the ramifications of that uh, play out. How they deal with all of that. Well, the epitome of nothing is simple. One of the things that has been a truism for the character Cole from early in first season and really they i don't want to say they harp on it this season but they keep coming back to it time and again for him is i was told all i had to do was go back in time kill one person yeah and boom everything in the world will be fixed but wasn't until i saved a life that i started making a positive difference well the one of the conceits of time travel is you could go back make one specific change and the dominoes fall completely differently it's a butterfly effect theory well in a very simplistic one at that you know and i i personally don't subscribe to the theory that i think some people do of if person x didn't do this well person y z or somebody else would have and time would have just happened mm-hmm. the names change but the events don't and I, I personally i don't like that because it downplays the uniqueness of individuals and stuff like that now, that having been said, I will completely concede the historical facts that kind of, I don't want to say disprove it, but lean in the other direction. A lot of people invented the movie camera around the same time. A lot of people did the telephone around the same time. Somebody is credited with it, and if, if it wasn't Alexander Graham Bell, well, one of these other guys would have gotten the credit. Mm-hmm. So there is a certain uh, discoveries or are boiling up to a certain point and ready to break out. But there's also the VHS and beta hit at the same time. Seem to be developed and discovered at the date the same or time. A, a digital HD and Blu-ray kind of for a right. more recent example. But does necessarily the better one, the the stronger invention become the accepted one? Well, sometimes yes. <laughs> sometimes no but it's more a matter of with those inventions everything is is so many things have led up to that point that the invention is now possible whereas with historical things 
it's not like society had gotten to a point where somebody would have been Hitler if it hadn't been Hitler. I guess my thinking, though, is part of the whole videotape revolution that I was aware of happening happened in part because of the behind-the-scenes battle for market share dominance between beta and VHS. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of things with, with inventions that happen that way. But my point is, if one of those key inventors hadn't existed... Oh, I see what you're saying. If only one of those had been invented and hit the market... Because I'm agreeing with you. There wouldn't have been you. the competition. The situation would have been different. The dominoes would have played out differently there. Yes. I see where you're going. So it's certainly again, possible. The uniqueness of the individuals involved. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it does. Even if, as you're saying, six people may be inventing the same type of breakthrough at the same time. But the uniqueness of the individuals involved and how the market bears it. Well, take something we all take for granted working with computers is the graphical interface. Yes. A lot of people attribute that to the Mac. There was Windows after that. There were about five or six other uh, competing graphical user interfaces on the, the DOS platform. Jam, and I forget some of the others. But even those were predated by the uh, the Xerox Park stuff. And there's a certain market force and things having played against each other that people don't exist in a vacuum is what it comes down to. Yeah. So if you kill one person, even if it's not the person, mm-hmm. you know, you could have completely changed the history of, of uh, personal computing, not necessarily by killing Bill Gates or um, uh, Steve Jobs, although those certainly would have done it, but the people that influenced them or that they were competing against or dealing with. Yeah. And with 12 Monkeys trying to get back on track... Um, the whole concept of if I just go back and kill the one person who invents the virus, mm-hmm. all will be saved. I mean, that's not a bad plan. It's just a simple plan. Well, and it's also a plan based on the belief that the person who puts their name yes. as the definitive single name on the invention is the only person who matters as of consequence mm-hmm. and thus has to be killed in this example. It just seems to me if I'm going back in time to prevent something... I've spent a lot of time and effort to get back there. I want to have a pretty pretty hefty plan. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain, you know, elephant gun for a mosquito mindset I would probably have for this. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm trying to make a surgical change to save the world. I, I, I'm not looking for it to be slightly better. I'm looking for it to be massively better. I want a big change. Let's make a big change. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to prevent the virus. You know what? It came from, say, somewhere in Name a City. Well, you know what? If that city wasn't there, I guess the virus wouldn't be there. Now, that's probably more overkill than I would do, but there's the let's do this little surgical strike and make the least change possible. Well, but you also have this attitude of if I kill the man who is credited with both invention and distribution of the virus, Mm -hmm. but what if they had chosen to go back further to put into his life someone influential as teacher, mentor, whatever, who would mold this person into being the kind of person for whom it would be inconceivable. Yeah, don't stop the action. Stop the everything that could possibly lead up to the action. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, again, the overkill mindset I was was talking about. It just seems that that going with a fairly surefire plan that almost can't fail, every plan can fail. Yes. But the more subtle the plan is, the more likely it is. And this whole, let's go back a couple of decades for this two-second change. Mm. 
it's it's a conceit of time travel stories. Yeah. It's not unique to this, but what is unique to 12 Monkeys, the TV show, is that they tackle that head on. You know what? It didn't work. Well, let's try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. Nothing's working. Why don't we go in a different direction and try something else? You know, and the, the trial and error aspect of the yeah. time travel uh, changes, I love. I love that. And I think my favorite episode out of all the episodes this season was one where they went back to non-purpose. Time kept resetting mm, to they, that same point. They get to a point in time where they need to do a, a subtle... They, they need something that existed. They go to Whitechapel or... Uh, um, they go back. The other base. Yeah. And they keep getting the day reset when they die until it's a, it's like a Groundhog day, hog day kind of a thing. And each of them goes through it a couple of times until they get to the one chain of events that essentially allowed certain events to seem to have happened the way they happened, but to change, again, the outcome. Mm-hmm. In this case, specifically to save Jones's daughter. Yeah. It was a very interesting combination of Time was determined that certain people do certain things. In this case, time was determined that Jones invent time travel. I don't think it's so much time was determined that that happened. But for these events to happen, those other events had to have happened. Yes. So everything that happens puts certain rails around the path that can be gone down. Mm -hmm. Some of those rails are incredibly flimsy and it, it may as well not be there. Others are incredibly rigid and you can't push against them. Yeah. If you are, are going back in time to change something, changing the events that led to the creation of the time machine you used would preclude you going back in time. Therefore, that becomes a pretty hard rail to, to push against. Yeah. And I like how they, they dealt with that. Mm-hmm. If certain events happened differently, Jones would have acted differently and not invented the time machine. Therefore... Yeah. So there have been one or two places where I don't always necessarily agree with the decisions on how time works that the the creative team went with, but they've been consistent. They've been well thought out. Mm-hmm. And the places where I've gotten into, you know, geez, I don't know that I'd have done that, tended to be when you had two or three different time travelers and their their events are intersecting, but it's a later time for somebody else than somebody. So what kind of happened first if you if you think about it one of my favorite comments was from the new york fbi agent because he makes a comment he kind of gets a blank stare from yeah cole. given how long we've worked together and, and cole looks at him like i've met you twice yeah you know and and the the fbi guy has pretty much figured out you're a time traveler yeah okay i'll let that slide yeah and what a great way to foreshadow this guy's coming back yeah I really liked it. Um, it well, and because the FBI agent dies in that episode, uh huh, it implies that when Cole sees him again, he's going to be a little nicer to the guy. Yes, you you sacrifice yourself for me, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that kind of. I mean, it. Yeah, the way these things impact the interpersonal relationship of the characters, mm-hmm. because what happened, when it happened, who it happened, in what order for for different people. Yeah. And the context they're in when these things are happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they're unhappening. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. They've certainly got a a game plan, it looks like, for, you know, how part of the timeline plays out, resolves itself. And if you think about it, for 
If you think about it, for a typical story, you've got to map what all the characters are doing, how they're interacting through time, mm. the, the course of that story. One forward progression. One forward progression. Now, for a good time travel story like this, you've had to map that out mm-hmm. and then in another axis, essentially map out how that changes. When One of the things I've loved watching through both seasons is the changing and evolving of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Deacon, I think there was one ball dropped with Deacon that annoyed me. And that was, we see Cassie make a promise to him. We get kind of the implied she must have fulfilled the promise. Which promise are you thinking of? Uh, she diagnoses him. Uh-huh. You're sick. You're dying. I can treat you. I'm a doctor. Right. And that's never really kind of touched on again, but he seems to get better. Yeah. And they have a definite bond. Mm-hmm. And in a variety of ways, that's touched on. And when she's in the future without Cole, which at the end of last season, he sends her forward mm-hmm. with a gunshot wound because he knows Jones will save her. And yeah. that's all he can do for her. Okay, I like that. But then Deacon is the one who's there for her to keep her alive mm-hmm. and protect her. Which when you think about the Cole-Deacon dynamic. Yes. You know, that's fascinating. But the way that Cole, Ramsey, and Deacon each interact with one another, mm-hmm. etc., kind of based on Cassie. At times, yes, but at times they have their own oh, definitely. interpersonal just because of what had happened before any of them met. Definitely. Or technically after any of them had met. But things keep changing and evolving as their relationships with Cassie. Are changing and evolving. Well, and as their understanding in, of their relationship evolves. Yeah. Because she's definitely a central figure in a lot of that. Although certainly there's aspects of their dynamic that have nothing to do with her. Mm. But there's also, over the course of the season, Deacon going from he's just a bad guy to we soften him up. He's part of the team. He's still a little, you know, uh, uh, rebellious or whatever. But he's still Deacon, but he's, he's, he's a helpful, kinder Deacon. Deacon is a very selfish guy, but Cassie seems to buy a bit of loyalty at first with the diagnosis and the I'll help you. I mean, that's one example of how characters change. I think one of the characters that went through more profound changes, and usually in the course of specific episodes, was Jones. Yes. We get the one episode we talked about with the Groundhog Day, Mm. where suddenly her daughter is saved. Well, and the thing I loved in that episode for her was we have, literally as they're being led to an execution squad, we have this seemingly throwaway line of, for long-term future happiness, Mm -hmm. you know, could you put up with some misery in the short term? It's not said that way, but it's close. Cole basically asks her philosophically, would you buy into this? Yeah. And she, she says, yes. Yeah. There's very much a sense of, I would pay a price here and now in this moment Mm -hmm. if there is an assurance or at least even a decent hope of a better, happier future, personally and for the world. And it's a throwaway comment in a moment he knows she won't remember. But it was an interesting way of getting kind of her blessing without... Her consent to torture her. Well, not to torture her. Oh. Because he's not torturing her. She's already been through it. True, true. But he knows because she's been through it, the pain he's going to go through. The pain she is going to go through. Yes. 
I again don't think he puts her through it, but, but it gives him a chance to get her okay on something that she can't know about. But he now feels responsible for something he never felt responsible for Absolutely. before. Absolutely. puts change on their relationship. That was an episode that changes Jones, certainly going forward. Prior to that, there was the episode where Cole changed time and Jones gets a boyfriend. I loved it. It was great. I was expecting to see him come back. And he had a couple of great lines of, well, I guess it's going to be interesting tonight in the bedroom. Yes. You know. And he was great for her. He was a great partner in the lab, but he was also great simply at helping her get out of her science mode and get, he humanized her. He was a much needed character for her development to soften her up, to give some exposition that would be hard to get otherwise, some dialogue of how she feels, why she feels, that kind of thing. And just to put her into a different sort of a, a situation of not always being the one in charge. And yet, as much as I want her humanized, and really I think at times Cassie needed the humanizing, the writers of the show seem to have felt that our women characters needed to be more in warrior mode. Well, I was going to say that was the third big change for Jones in this last episode. She goes from she's the scientist who needs people around her with guns to she's got nobody around her, so she'll pick up a gun and she'll save herself. Yeah. You know, so she gets her, her Rambo on, if you will, there mm. at the end. Yeah. So there are a couple of episodes in which characters just in the course of that episode undergo what seems like a radical transformation, but we're led through it in short order and it just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, likewise, when Cassie went from she's a scientist to she can take care of herself, that was in the span of an episode or so. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the time travel for Cole. You know, he, he came home one day and it's, honey, have I got a shock for you. I've been living six months you weren't present for. Mm -hmm. There's aspects where it's only a 13 episode season, but the amount of time it can cover. Mm. I mean, we had one of them, and I think it was in the first season with Ramsey, where we get his entire timeline going in the past and all of that. 1987 to 2016, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the amount of ground they can cover in a single episode, makes for some fairly dense episodes. And there are times where I'm glad we were watching it, you know, every week as it came out, but it also might have helped to marathon it because of some of the density of it. The things that make me want to go back and marathon it, the messengers, mm -hmm. just to, to better understand the intent of the messengers, because it felt like, we created the messengers in 2016 so that they would be of age at a certain time so that they could be put in the machine to be sent back to uh, what we do, the primaries. Uh, paradox. Them. Thank you. I just couldn't come up with the word. To paradox the primaries. But we had no, from what I saw, no plan. What becomes of a messenger after they paradox the primary? Well, what I found interesting with the whole paradoxing of the primaries, a primary is somebody who kind of appears crazy but has a connection with time to kind of help steer it. Well, it, it fascinated me because Jennifer Goines is a primary. She seemed to hear voices, but in some respects, it wasn't she was hearing voices. It was like time was kind of talking to her, saying, ha ha, that James Cole dude's a time traveler. Well, what's interesting, though, is in the, I think it was the pilot episode, we get the two watches, they blow up as a paradox. Yes. 
So you can do paradoxes with inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Later, when uh, the old guy does a paradoxing of, I forget necklaces. what, necklaces, and that starts turning some leaves from, from green to red. Mm-hmm. Okay, so paradoxes in and of themselves are bad. Mm-hmm. They didn't do a great job setting up that paradoxing a primary is kind of like, you know, uh, um, not just breaking a link in a chain, but like removing the keystone of an arch. The whole thing just kind of crumbles. Yeah. Because it was a big deal. There was an explosion, but there was not the sense of time unraveling right around that little pocket of time. Yeah. And it just seemed to me that if I were trying to make a really big kind of paradox bomb, I would take an object and send it back in time. Take those two objects, send them back in time. Yeah. Something where you've got one object and suddenly like 50 of them are colliding against each other. Yeah. That seems like it'd be a pretty big boom. Yeah. Um, And we never really get to see, even with all the uh, screen time we get with Jennifer, who is a primary, we never really get to see them kind of influencing time. No, they just seem to be aware of it in a different way than others are. But then why does paradoxing them make such a big deal? Because time is connected to them. Time is in harmony with them in so a different way. So it's not that way. they're in harmony with time. It's that time is in harmony with them. I would put Harm them, harm time? Yeah. Okay. Now, sometimes when I watch a show like this, I think, oh, look at that prop. That's the widget I want. That's the mm. toy I want. In this one, that's the poster I want. Oh, you're looking at me. You didn't spot it. Oh, the 12 it. Monkeys poster or which? No, no. Uh, we first saw the it. The map of the time thing? Yes. To me, that was too chaotic. I mean, it seems like an obvious poster to go do. But that's why I wanted to be able to see it and look at it and figure it out. Because it was like it was a map of all the intersecting circles of, okay, here you got Cole, here you got Cassie, here you got yeah. Jennifer Goins, and here are all the lines that connect them. And the it seemed to be kind of the bigger the person's name was written and the more swirls and things around them. The bigger the blob at the intersection, yeah. Yeah, the, the more they were... The more Something. important they were. Were they a primary? Were they a touchstone? What were they? The more influential they were over time, essentially. Yeah. It was something I really wanted. I wanted the camera to linger there so I could enjoy what somebody spent a lot of time doing with that prop. I hear what you're saying. I am glad they didn't. Because if they had, there would have been, let's blow it up to a screenshot kind of on the web and somebody trying to dissect it. And the odds of it being able to hold up on that. Oh, I agree. I agree. Seem low. Um, but it is a shame that there is no widget, widget du jour kind of a, there is no, uh, phaser, sonic screwdriver, communicator, or mm -hmm. batarang, or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because even if they had just had, this is a physical, this is your tether. Mm -hmm. This is how you get back. Now, my personal theory remains that Cole's mother was a primary. Yeah. I wanted to meet her all season. I still want to know who built the house that uh, he lived in for a bit. Yeah. And given what we've seen here, where he's putting the, this was our home or whatever, we saw text like that in one of Cassie's visions. Mm hmm So there's still some circling back to be done on some of this. Mm -hmm. Okay, because this is how we are when we view shows. From the moment the messenger came up, I'm asking you who you think the messenger is, who mm -hmm. you think the messenger is, and... Not that we're laying money on because we're not those kind of people, but 
you know, I'm glad I didn't wager. Um, it's kind of pointless to wager on something like that with a TV show when you know they're not going to give it, give out the answer for years and they've got the ability to change their mind during that time. Very true. But it felt from the beginning of the season like that was the reveal the season was headed towards. Mm-hmm. And lots of red herrings thrown out, as always, as expected. Yeah. But at the end of almost every episode, when I say, okay, who do you feel like the messenger is at this point? You and I were pretty much on the same wavelength. Ramsey's son? Yeah. Yeah. He, to me, the stories just kept adding up to, he feels like the way the writing is making the obvious choice. Now, with where the season ended, it's a fascinating place. Okay, First of all, we have Ramsey's son in the totally opposite situation I thought we'd have him in. Mm -hmm. But more than that, Cole and Cassie have been the ones wanting to save lives, wanting to set right what once went wrong, because I can't help teasing you about that. There's the Quantum Leap tagline, of course. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, now it feels like we're moving to a point where their child, conceivably, could be... Instead of friends with, partners with, working with Ramsey's son, at opposite sides from Ramsey's son. Well, we don't know where Ramsey's son is going to fall in on everything. And what bothered me with how his son uh, was showing up at the end, Ramsey gets out of Titan. Titan is this big machine that, that traveled into the future. City, essentially. Mm. So Ramsey is still in 2040, and his son is there. So his son, when he kind of got blipped out by the time arc, didn't travel in time. What are the odds of that? That just seems bizarre. And then... He got moved to the forest, though we knew that at the time. Right. But to me, it implied the forest in a different time. Yeah. And even if you say it's a year later, that's still kind of lame. Yeah. But Cassie and Cole's kid isn't born yet. And from what the crazy lady at the asylum was was saying, her family, his family, maybe the same family. So she kills those two. She had uh, older or younger brother and sister. Younger. Younger. I mean, there's there's aspects of of that timeline that just don't quite make sense to me. I had you already heard of, at the moment the episode ended. I told you. Yeah, I had well, issues. how do they have the kid if the the time they spent together, which led to the kid, was undone? The bigger question isn't that, but if this kid is essentially the big bad of the series, that means everything happened because these two got together, and these two got together because of everything that happened, Mm. making it a bit of a predestination paradox, Mm -hmm. which isn't how this show seems to work. Yeah. I'm I'm curious where the heck we go next season. I mean, we've got Ramsey's son. We know not what age. For all we know, he got thrown into the forest 10 years earlier, in other words. I was trying to remember if the lady that picked him up uh, had gray hair when she picked him up. We didn't see her when she picked him up. All we saw was a hand. We see the flashback, though, here. No. The end of the season. We see her hand, and then we immediately cut back to where we are now as he follows her. Oh, Because it's the same forest. I had taken it as Mm. she was going to lead him to that cut to last time we saw the kid. We see the hand. Pan, we see her grabbing his hand and walking forward, as if all of that was a flashback. Mm-hmm. And if that was, and she had the gray hair, then Blighty didn't travel much far in time, if at all. Yeah. No, I, I took that Open as... to interpretation, apparently. Yeah. 
I took that as confirmation she was the owner of the hand. I did too, but I also took it as flashback. Yeah. I took it as flashback up until confirmation of the hand. Because all I was seeing was, yes, this is the same gloved hand. Um, But my point was going to be that of all the characters in the series that I could give custody of a child to, I would not pick her as mother of the year material. It's funny because they've got a mother complex going on in this show. Oh, definitely. When we get the chance of mother, you know, uh, there at the end, um, that just seemed kind of odd. You know, uh, the Jennifer Goins and, and the daughters, and she's the mother to them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very much playing up the maternal angle very strongly and in very different directions. Yeah. And then getting that kind of back into play with Jones. Yes. I mean, every major uh, female character we've got is in either the mother-daughter relationship at a very serious degree. Yeah. You know, which isn't a problem necessarily, but... Gets a little confusing. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going with Titan, with uh, the the witness and all of this stuff. Because the witness knows things, and either he's going to have some kind of genetic memory from uh, his, his mother, or she will have had to tell him the events that led to his birth when they first get to the house and stuff like that. Which just seems, one, a little like, why would she mention that? And two, now that she knows it's a predestination sort of a paradox... Why on earth would she mention it? Yeah. So I'm a little uncertain kind of where they're going and how well they thought some of this through. And the one thing that could really derail a show like this, where they've got the timelines and the travel and time and and the complexities, is switching lead writers or showrunners. Yes. Well, for me, Ramsey's son made sense as the messenger because Everything Ramsey did. Messenger of the sorry, witness. witness. Sorry, yeah, witness. Um, everything Ramsey did was predicated on making sure the timeline he knew existed, mm-hmm. because if it didn't, his son wouldn't exist. Yes, of course, he never considered getting his son shot with the magic serum and taking him back in time to before the virus and letting him live a nice, safe life in a house in 1959. But, you know, that was a later concept yet to be created. Well, and really he got to the point where he was stuck in the past. Yes. So it's not like he had certain options. He had to sit through and play this out. Yeah. You know, there there is that aspect of kind of being the time traveler trapped in the past. Yeah. And wanting the, the history to play out because you've got a personal stake in it. But it also shows the key difference between Ramsey and Cole. Yes. Ramsey was willing to sacrifice a lot to save the kid. Cole sacrificed the kid. Yes. And clearly that seemed to be weighing on him at the end of the the season. Yeah. Well, I loved when it was Cole versus the messenger, time to prevent the paradox. And he stopped for a moment and he turned to Cassie. And instead of saying, I love you, Mm -hmm. because she shouldn't know about the two years they've had and spent together, he said goodbye. And then he killed the bad guy. Yeah. It was very much a, I know what I'm doing. I know what price I'm paying. Yes. And not just the price he's paying, the price he's essentially forcing her to pay. Yes. Yeah. And it it was a good scene. It was a good moment. And she is a character who will understand, yes, I would sacrifice two years of happiness. I would sacrifice family with you and child to complete the mission to save the world. I think she most likely would i think there's going to be a little gnawing you should have asked 
I think she's going to be pissed the pregnancy still exists now that she knows. At least she's got the memory, so she's got the context. Yes. If she hadn't had the memory flash and, oh, wait, we did this, and she was then told, hey, you're pregnant, she'd yeah. be like, how? Yes. Yeah. So. Because I'm like, how? Yeah. And it's a fair question. A certain uh, certain key events didn't happen to, to, to allow that. You know, with her trapped in the future, uh, Cole going after to rescue her. I mean, it's it's clear where they're going to, you know, start with the next season. Well, and but then, that then status quo, where they go from there, I have no idea. The next season will have fundamental differences in terms of up until now. We have tried to dig through and find old records. We've looked at old newspapers. We've had that wall collage to guide us. But that only works for the past. Well, it changes the dynamic because since the fight is now taking place in the future, that gives Jones and that team a certain edge. Mm. You can prepare. Yeah. If you know you're going to put this guy at this place at this time, you can have things waiting potentially. Now, what becomes of Jennifer, who was last seen asking for the toilet? Yeah, she's stuck in 1917 France, uh, World War One, I, I believe. Yeah. I am quite curious, and I think there's, there's definitely a story to be told there. I just don't know what exactly it is. She may turn out to be some of what motivates a lot of this. Hmm. You know, she's a fascinating character because she is intelligent for all that she comes across as crazy. Mm-hmm. And for all that she was relying on fortune cookies and movie quotes, she is intelligent. It's just she got into a situation where she was overwhelmed and didn't know what to do or say. Well, let's consider she's in 1917. Mm. And she can leave messages for the future. Let's just assume she survives. I hope so. Okay. Mm-hmm. And lives for a while. And say, I don't know, eight years later, uh, 1925, has a daughter. Who winds up in an insane asylum for 34 years. I mean, the time doesn't yeah, quite, you know. It, yeah. It, I, I'd have to work through the exact when certain things would have to happen. Mm-hmm. But she could be the mother of the crazy woman. I doubt it. I'm just saying she's far enough back in time it's conceivable. She and Cole never dated. No. Bottom line is we're going to get more of Jennifer. We can't not. Mm-hmm. To drop her from the series at this point just wouldn't make sense. No. So we've got a storyline beginning of the next season that's got to start in 1917. The storyline in 2063 or whatever it was. 2163? 2063? Where were we? 2063. 2063. Cole rescuing Cassie. Yes. We've got whatever happens in 2040 with Jones and and the rest. Hannah's got to come home. Uh, Hannah's got to come home. So we've got that plot line there. And then we've got Ramsey and Son, that plot line there. Mm-hmm. Four plot lines to kind of continue with next season. We've got the daughters without their leader. Mm-hmm. We've got the people who were once but no longer are part of the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. I put the Army of the Twelve Monkeys with the uh, the Ramsey and Son storyline. Mm-hmm. A former Army of former the Twelve Monkeys. Army. But I put the uh, the daughters um, getting into uh, uh, Jones's storyline in short order. In other words, you could pick up what they yeah. came home. Yeah. Hannah is a very good leader for them. Yeah. But even so, you've got four major story threads to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus whatever you want to set up for, for the arc of that season. Now, 
let's take a moment to consider that most of the Titan followers seemed to be, give or take, young 20s male. All the ones we saw, yes. What so, about that? children of the daughters? No, because I th- suspect they were in the city before it traveled. But that's my point. If they came from the future back to here. Oh, where was the city before it just showed up there? Yeah. What you're suggesting then is the city had been in 2060-ish, mm-hmm. came back for the evening mm-hmm. to pick these people up and to go back. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that. Is the city constantly moving forward in time? Because it was developed I think by Jones' husband. from the past to the future mm-hmm. because the old guy mm-hmm. had to come from- 2016's last time we saw him. Yeah, I was going to say from present day, essentially, give or take. And give it a few years, get the thing built, and move forward. But I think they hopped over the plague. Interesting. Um, but it then comes down to when did these kids originate from to, to populate the city? Mm-hmm. Uh, and where did they get all the damn masks? Yes. Um, and just from a production point of view, it simplifies life to do that. But I've always thought, be it the Court of Owls, the Parliament of Owls, in the Batman stuff where they've got all the face masks... Stormtroopers, uh, Hydra agents, anything where you've got full covering and stuff, you're asking to be infiltrated. Yeah. I will acknowledge that the truth of the statement, the witness is safe, was hilarious. She was standing right there. It implies everybody knows at that point. Yeah. Who the witness is. Yeah. At least everybody on the bad guys team. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems that there is a cult aspect to that side of things. Oh, I've always thought that. The army of the 12 monkeys. Yeah, but I could buy it when it was 12. Mm. When it's hundreds? Yeah. So how did they get so big? How do they keep everybody, you know, uh, believing? Yeah. And certainly there well, are ways they can explain. Now, the old guy is the son of a failed messenger. Uh, we saw him as mother's death. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And we yeah. And we saw... Um, Lady who rescued Olivia, lady who rescued Ramsey's son. We saw her origin as a child in Germany. Mm-hmm. And she somehow tied in to all of that uh, Army of the Twelve Monkeys messenger stuff. At some point, I'm sure somebody will have, if they haven't already, put together a pretty good web page. Yeah. Here's, I don't say the story thus far, but the, the relevant aspects of... Well, this is where you, I want to go back and binge watch to catch some of the details yeah. I'm, I'm blurring on. But part of it is, I mean, imagine looking at the genealogy of some of these characters. Because people may complain about the typos I put into our genealogy, mm-hmm. but you honestly have a character who, I'm going to contrive a few things to make it sound plausible, but, okay, so Cassie was born... Yeah, the timeline of... 1970s. Yeah. Okay, and then she got married in 1958. To a man she met in 19, uh, 2016. Yes. 2014. Yeah, yes, 2014. So gets, pre- gets married in around 1959, gets pregnant in 1959, but has the kid in 2063. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's aspects that just get l- ridiculous. I mean, I would love for someone to type up the genealogy in that respect, just because it would look like it's littered with typos. Well, but to to put in the connecting phrases of the next day in 2063 or whatever, 
Yeah. Having something that, that boiled it down to everything you would need to know to come into season three cold. You know, you haven't seen the first two seasons. What do you got to know to that that's relevant and accurate? And it's a lot because a lot's happened and a lot has tweaked, yeah. has changed, etc. Well, and I mean, season one, Cole was the guy who was all about the mission. Mm -hmm. And the mission was preventing the plague. Mm -hmm. Okay. Season two, Cassie was the one talking all about the mission and accusing Cole of no longer being on mission. Well, and the mission was to stop the 12 monkeys. Yes. So the mission changed. The question is, what's the mission for the next season? Yeah. But Cole's mission has always been saving humanity. Mm-hmm. I liked him for the year of 1958 because he reached a point where he thought the future is taking care of itself. I have to believe that because I still exist and I've done my part. So I have to believe that. To me, it, it reeked of him abdicating the fight. In a way, yes. But what I liked was if I'm stranded, mm -hmm. if there's nothing else I can do, if I can for once choose my priority, mm -hmm. I'm going to try and create a world in which Cassie wants to live. Mm -hmm. I just want to know how he wound up there and how the mm -hmm. witness knew about the house. I mean, there's there's an aspect of that part of the story that hasn't been told yet. Yes. And I mean, that's... Part of what I love about the show, it's also part of what annoys me about the show. It's very interesting the way they choose to do the time travel. And it would be fascinating from a highly disorienting, I think the show would make no sense, perspective to watch everything that we've seen so far in actual... In linear order timeline. Yes. This is a show where I think you could marathon, watch everything, marathon it as shown marathon it chronologically and then marathon it again as shown and get different things out of every viewing yeah because i think there is that depth i think there is that substance and i'm so far thinking it's got that uh durability of story well and i think in terms of watching it in that linear chronological manner instead of in the as shown manner mm -hmm. you would be experiencing the story and seeing the events the way that uh, Jennifer Goines has experienced them? Mm, not entirely. She did eventually time travel, but up until the beginning. You know, up Even for quite a while. Even Okay, her harmony with time. Bad example. But Well, I, I mean, if you think about it, if you watched it in the order events played out, certain scenes you're going to see a time or two because they do change. Yes. So you get the Groundhog Day effect. You also get... But you would get it from the FBI agent's perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, when you see the scene when Cole and Jennifer first meet, mm. you see first the original cut, and then you see a little snippet in there with... Wait, we, we, you To do the chronological order, you almost have to have a rewind a little effect. Yeah. Okay, this played out differently, rewind differently, different... Oh, now we're good. Yeah. To see the different versions. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be an, a very interesting kind of an edit. The concern I would have is at times you're just getting snippets that in and of itself don't have a, a full narrative context. Are you talking the flashbacks from this final episode or what? No, I'm thinking like um, when uh, Cole was trapped, or Cole or Cassie, I forget who, trapped in the building after a time jump and we didn't know what time we were in. 
So there'd be a couple of scenes. But they eventually put that in order. Yeah, but if you see those scenes in whatever year it was, and that's all you're getting for that year. That was Cole um, when he was in the Middle East, if you're thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, the so we would have bombed. had the context, you're right. Yeah. I'm just wondering, are there going to be times where they essentially jumped in, did something, and jumped out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the 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 when he was captured over in the Middle East or wherever for the little snap. What would be interesting in the linear chronological version is you would get the 1950s soldiers playing poker. Mm-hmm. And then you would go for an awfully long time. That's my point. Without seeing them. Why are we watching this poker game? And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. 100 years later. Yeah. They show up. Yeah. I mean, right now, the series would start with Jennifer in 1917. Mm-hmm. And end on Cassie stuck in the future with no hope of survival. Yeah. Or with, you know, surrounded by the the the, the uh, people in Titan. Yeah. Um, but we would know, because right before that would be Cole going to Gare. Because that was the last thing that happened in uh, 2044. We'd see Cole going to get her and then everything that played out in the future. Yeah. I think if you were to do that kind of chronological edit and watch it, what I would like to see is it having... Interactive buttons? Not interactive buttons, but indication, season, episode, Mm. title, and when people come and go, where they came and went from. Yeah. I mean, to me, an awesome way to watch this would be to be able to... Follow the narratives either chronologically or by character and change on a whim. Mm, yeah. All right. I'm following. Okay. Where does Jennifer go next from here? Oh, she goes here. She goes there. She goes there. Well, the wait. I want to follow Cole at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a couple of times where Cole walks out and comes right back. Yeah. From, from one person's perspective, but that's later elsewhere. Yeah. And that's. Well, and that's the thing. Cole's chronology is very different than Cassie's, and yet so much of the time they're right together. Well, in addition to having a chronological viewing, if you could follow each character's timeline. Yeah. You know, okay, we're following Cole, only Cole. So anything Cole's not there for, we don't see. Yeah. You know, and how does this play out from his vantage point versus how does it play out from Cassie's or Ramsey's? Yeah. You know, and with Ramsey's, you start in the future, you go, okay, now you go back to the past, you follow through, you know. Yeah. And then you go back to the... No. It, it's just the story at this point, having watched it the way they've shown it or, or put it out there, aired it, seems to hold together. But I'm wondering if through those sorts of viewings, how do things play out? Yeah. You know, how do things look from Jones's timeline versus this, that, and the other? And again, I think it would hold up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got a better chance of most other shows, but there are so few other shows that have even attempted anything like this i'd really be hard-pressed to name any and what i've noticed with with what's coming up in the new season is we've got like two or three other time travel shows coming up yeah to me that shows this show has worked yes there is an ability to follow a story like this or looper or some of the other movies and whatnot and we've gotten past the fear of people are too stupid to understand it it's too confusing it's too complex well, and I really think that video on demand and the very streaming opportunities that are immediate, not just Netflix mm-hmm. where you have to wait till the end of the right. season, have helped in terms of there are times where 
I'll watch an episode of something and I'll go, okay, that was really dense. And I know the next episode is going to be really intense. And I've got time during that week in between to say, you know, I wouldn't mind watching that again to make sure I caught it all. This is the kind of show that, like I said, a repeating, repeated viewing, I think you can get more out of. And that's why I like to continue them also. Yeah. I like the shows where on that second viewing, I'm going to catch more. Continuum was another one where time travel was involved, but there was less actual traveling in time. There were a few key times where they did, did flip things around. In Continuum, I was constantly trying to understand motives. Yeah. Who key players were. Mm-hmm. And who did what deliberately. Yes. And I think some of that applies here. Absolutely. Uh, just understanding all the different factions and what's motivating them. I don't think all of that has been clearly revealed just yet. Yeah. And. Now, how much next season do you think we'll give Jones's husband? He invented Titan. I don't know. He's Hannah's father. Gut feeling. I'm thinking not at all. Interesting. But there's mainly because there's nothing that has other than mentioning him really set him up. But he is a logical character to bring in if they want a new new character. Mm hmm. Um. I just feel like the way that they have set up the witness is so counter to the Cassie and the Cole we've spent two seasons getting to know. Yeah. The problem is from where they're at to where the witness is able to articulate what he has witnessed, much less having witnessed anything yet, um, there seems to be about a 20-year gap of story there. Is the witness primary? Can the witness communicate across time, not just with the T? Is it possible that Jennifer Goines is Cole's grandmother? All of those things are possible, but I still think for the witness to be able to lead any sort of movement, he has to be at least 18, 20. But he could be from further in the future, is my point, than where <sighs> Cassie currently is. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I just think at some point, be it third season or later, we need to get one of those Ramsey episode type things where we see decades fly by. I'm expecting a child who is not raised by Cassie and Cole. Agreed. That's almost a given. Because I can't see a child they raised doing mm -hmm. that. Now, I would find it, I want to say perversely ironic, if the Army of the Twelve Monkeys somehow knew and chose to raise him in that house they had lived in for the two years that now didn't happen. Yeah, I just, the there Army are things that need explaining. The Army of the Twelve Monkeys somehow has access to the leaves that make the tea that mean they can send their consciousness across time and see things. So they can know about the house. Not that we know why. The witness clearly knows about the house. Not that we know why. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, but what if he grew up there, even if it's without them? I think if they're going to add another character next season, it's more likely to be their son mm. as an adult. Mm. But there are a number of different directions they can go. There's still plenty more story to tell. Well, we lost a character, at least one, Deacon. True. And I liked his death. I liked his parting line. Yeah, I was sorry to see him go. He was a good character. I agree. And I would not have thought I would ever say that the first time we met him. Going back to, they did redeem him. They did improve him. Yeah. They did a lot with that character. I think this is a show that where you've got a couple of, of characters that will be there throughout. Um, Cole, Cassie, Jones. You're also going to have a lot of one-season characters. Mm. 
I think you're also going to have the the kind of in and out characters like uh, oh the second generation security guy from the unit. Oh, um, yeah. Actor's name is Demore Barnes. I yeah, think. I forget yeah. character name, character but name. yeah. To me, he's recurring. He's not yeah. regular. Yeah, but I just but think Deacon it's was a regular this season. He was. He was. I just think it's interesting the way that character is recurred. Yeah. Uh, not much rhyme or re- rhythm to it, but I've liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to envision the show without Jennifer as a regular. I think Jennifer and um, Ramsey are the other two that you've got to keep. They're they're part of the the DNA mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. But beyond those those five, uh, you know, Cassie, Cole, Jones, uh, uh, Ramsey, and, and Jennifer, I think you're going to wind up with a couple that are. Uh, certainly recurring, you know, the, the scientists, the... I want Hannah to at least recur, if not regular. I enjoyed her. She did great for Jones. I miss the boyfriend. But again, another one season character. Yeah. And I think there are going to be a few more of those, depending how long the show lasts. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see Jones's husband being that sort of a character. Establish him, set up Titan, and kill him off. Yeah. Uh, if you bring in the son of Cassie and Cole, then that character's got to kind of stick around. And I think uh, Ramsey's son needs to at least recur. I expect Ramsey's son to quickly get aged into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, That's part of why I think that it, Olivia if it's was in younger. The past, yeah. I just... And she doesn't age the way other people do. We established that That's also. That's a good point. But we also, had we seen her in the future? Mm. So... But was she one of the people that was on Titan, came from the past into the future, and then got off at that station? Not that we knew of, because she and her people were out in the forest. Only the one guy went into Titan. He seemed to infiltrate. I'd have to rewatch that scene and pay closer attention to what the others were wearing. I thought they were all kind of dressed similarly, but I wouldn't. I don't recall. Again, there's so much to take in on the yeah. show. Yeah, exactly. And again, it, it's one that... that uh, justifies a, a second viewing of episodes mm-hmm. so i think it's a, a great show definitely worth checking out uh, i'm liking the series a lot more than i like the movie i know sam and some others love the movie more than i did but uh there were visual things about the movie that i didn't care for the crazy style and direction crazy style and direction and it was also unclear how much of this was delusional and how much happened but part of what i liked about the movie was how much of the army of the 12 monkeys and the virus and some of the just crazy concepts came out of random comments made in the insane asylum by Cole. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, oh my gosh, I should have watched what I said. And we haven't had as much of that yet. We've had the FBI agents who, FBI agent whose marriage fell apart. Yeah. Uh, because, hey, when you know the world's coming to an end, it's hard to mm-hmm. not, you know. And I really liked aspects like that about him. Again, I hope that the agent, I, it's set up to, for him to show again. And I, I'd like to see that happen. It would actually be really funny if he and Jennifer ended up together in the 40s somehow. Not as a couple, but no, as no, a no, working together. Saying. But, I mean, she's not going to be an FBI agent. She's a woman in the 40s at that point. Again, that's nearly 20, 30 years after where she's at. She has to get there, but she's aged through the show once already. True, true. And again, with the time travel possibilities that the show has, Mm -hmm. almost anything is possible. Yeah. Well worth watching. It's one of the shows that we've 
tried to make a point of staying current on mm-hmm. um, because it's that engrossing of a show. It's one of those, it's like, I, we want to see what happens next. Yeah. And that's, that's a sign of success. It is, definitely. If it's a show that we can just park for a season or so, and there are a couple, it doesn't mean it's a bad show. It means we're not really chomping at the bit for, for what's next. Yeah. And in one or two cases, I think we've specifically stalled out on shows because we we're very willing to wait for what was next because it looked like it might be a little gory, gross, or something that I just yeah, wasn't keen on. I gotta say, uh, when Jones passed away, when her boyfriend passed away, those were dynamic, heartbreaking deaths, visually amazing deaths, mm-hmm. but not gory, not, oh my gosh, I have to look away. The only times I thought they got into a little bit of gore was when the uh, the episode with the guys from the 40s showed up, the soldiers. Mm. The, the time yeah. travel yes. went bad. That Transporter accident sort of thing. And for a while there, I was worried Deacon lost an eye. Yeah. There was that. But, I mean, all in all, they were really good about implying. Yes. And I really appreciated that. They kept the gore down and they had every... Uh, excuse and, and potential of, of not doing that. So I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. So anything else? Does that pretty much do it? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.